Hey, Chris. Yeah, Fred. What's a mason? That's a really good question, Fred. You've reached the internet's home for all things masonry. Join Chris and I as we plumb the depths of our ancient craft. From the common gavel to the trowel, nothing is off the table. So grab your tools and let's get to work. This is On the Level. We're back uh, for episode number five. One, two, three, four, five. Episode Cinco. five. Of, uh, on the Level with Fred and Chris. Um, we're pretty excited, man. Things are rolling here. We are, uh, we are now on to... Number five, I consider that a milestone Yeah. Uh, in podcasting. I can tell you right now that editing is not easy, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's fun, and I like it. So You know what you did make look easy is putting this studio together. It's getting there, huh? You I, did I'm a great job with this. I'm wondering if our fans, I don't know if we have any, mom, hi mom, our yeah. fan, um, can hear the difference. There should be uh, a better and better sound quality as the studio comes more and more online, which we're pretty proud of. We're going to call this the DigiSphere Studio in beautiful hey. downtown Sarasota. Even if they can't hear it, it feels better. It feels, it feels better. better to talk to you That's right. in this environment. I love it. I love it. As we said, episode number five. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about ways for new Masons to get involved. And Ooh. we highly recommend... That new Masons do, in fact, get involved because that's what makes Masonry happen and makes Masonry work is getting involved. You can't really be a Mason. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Uh-oh. brother Chris. Uh-oh. I don't think you can be a Mason unless you are actively getting involved, whether it's a little bit or whether it's a lot. You must be involved uh, in what Masonry has to offer within the walls of the lodge. Yeah. Or you're just not going to get it. Definitely, it'll. You have to have gotten involved, right? To get the lessons out of it. Right. To learn from it. You've got to, what what do we call it? Uh, working in the quarry. Sweating with our brothers in the quarry. Yeah, man. That's where you learn the trade. That's right. That's how you get better at your trade. You do the work. And, of course, now last, uh, last um, podcast, we talked about how to get the hatchet out of your back. <laughs> From when you're working in said quarry. Symbolically, Symbolically yes. speaking, yes. we do a lot of symbolic work here in masonry. Yes. Uh, do it, talking about conflict resolution between brothers from last week. This week, again, talking about ways for new masons to get involved. What are some ways, Brother Chris, it's, that a mason can get involved? I think it's tough for new masons because they don't know the system. They don't know, you know, how to get involved. And a lot of the times the brothers that they're talking to don't really know either. So... People tend not to get involved when they have the energy and the passion to do so. So I think the first way you can get involved as a Mason is to do your work, the catechism and the mentoring, right? Even before you're a Master Mason, you can get involved just by doing the work. Showing up for the catechism class, personally, uh, as a catechism instructor, I always ask them to call me when they're alone and have at least five minutes, and that arrives at least once, sometimes twice a day on the toilet. So uh, well, I always ask for them to think of me when they poop as oh, an instructor. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so you can do the work even in the privacy of your own throne room in your home. And uh, we, that, that visual image uh, comes at no cost. That's a freebie for you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. We'll flush that one down the toilet. <laughs> so yeah, the catechism and the mentoring. And if you're, you know, some people have been in a situation like yours where the lodge wasn't equipped to properly give the mentoring. You can still get it yourself. You can still seek it out and find it. If you want it, you will, I would interject. 
The Grand Lodge has a repository of forms, documents, and files, and anyone can go on there and get the mentor's manual and read through it on their own, even if your lodge isn't going to provide you the mentoring or isn't capable. Uh, so it's out there. You can do the work even before you're a master mason. And then, you know, I think it's it's always a weird transition when you've seen guys go through six months, at least, maybe nine months of all of this catechism and mentoring and showing up and maybe doing lodge cleanups and some other things with the lodge charity work. And then they're master masons and they get a culture shock because they don't have that scheduled time anymore with their brothers that they had for so long. And they have to figure things out for themselves now. Um, And no one really prepared them for that. And they're just kind of tossed into this different world and they start showing up to meetings and they're, you know, they just spent six months memorizing old English, which is really cool and interesting. And now they're sitting in a business meeting talking about if they should spend $5 on a handle for a microwave or not for 25 minutes. Um, It's a little culture shock for people. Um, And so it'd be nice if they had somebody that could guide them through that process and make it a little easier on the transition and maybe even have gotten to know them enough to say, you know where I think you'd be a great fit? On this membership development committee or on the charity committee or on the lodge property committee um, based on what I know about you. So I think it starts with the ritual, like everything should in masonry. And from there, you have to start asking yourself, where can I help? Or what am I capable of? Or what are my strengths? Or what does it look like they're lacking that maybe I could fill in for them? Um, Because chances are you're not going to have somebody there. It's not Harry Potter, right? You're not going to get the sorting hat to tell you exactly where to go. (laughs) Because you're a perfect fit for that thing. (laughs) Um, So you have to figure it out. Uh, Well, I'm thinking... um I'm thinking about my own experience, um, and I talk about this. I say this all the time on just about every podcast so far, but I came into the lodge with seven other men um, as an apprentice and went through degree together. We ended up going through all three degrees together as as the seven. They call us the Magnificent Seven. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, I do know why. Anyway, uh, and, um, you know, we we were... uh, we, we were pushed through, and, and there's no other way to say it. I, I hesitate to say, I don't, want to, I don't want anybody who was there trying their darndest right. to get us through there. My hat's off to Kevin, yeah. um, our, uh, our senior deacon, who uh, just absolutely stepped up. Who was your catechism instructor. And was our catechism instructor, and he took on the seven and did the best he could. And he actually, he, he made some serious lemonade. Uh, out of the lemons he was thrown uh, in a big way. All while his wife was in the last stages of her pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, trying to balance it all. So he, he, he impressed me. Uh, still does. He's a great brother. Shout out to you, brother. Shout out um, to Kevin. Yeah, shout out to Kevin. Uh, and um, he did the best he could. But, you know, there, there was this pushing through. There was this desire to get us hooked up into all these different things. And I'm going to just shout out to another brother, and that would be uh, John Schaefer who uh, I got asked to be involved in the, uh, to be the chairman of the facilities and maintenance committee only because I've been in construction my entire life. And it's a natural and, fit, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a natural fit. And me and another brother uh, jumped in and did some, finished up a project that had been lingering and jumped in it and we impressed the worshipful master and he was, voila, you are now <laughs> the chairman of this 
And I'm like, okay, what have I got myself into? And then, of course, what happens? And everybody who's been a Mason is nodding their head yes right now. Another committee, another opportunity, another person coming up and asking you to join this or that. And I remember asking John Schaefer if he wanted to be on this committee, you know, the maintenance committee. I figured he looked like he'd be, he's a smart guy. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, and I just really saw that. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not jumping into anything right away. I want to take my time and kind of think it through, uh, and then I'm going to jump into the one that feels right. And he ended mm. up jumping in with you well. into uh, development, uh, the development program, and he's doing a smash-up job, and that taught yes. me something, and that's yes. the point I'm trying to make. Uh, he did the right thing. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't regret being the chairman of the facilities committee. I think it's been very profitable for the lodge and myself, mm-hmm. but take a step back, go through your, like you said, you, you go through the ritual, you go through your degree, entered apprentice. Um, you, you do the catechisms, uh, the mentoring program, do the work, do the work, do the work, do the work. Then after the work is you understand what the work is, right? Your catechism, um, which simply means teaching by mouth, word of mouth. That's all that means in masonry, teaching by word of mouth. Uh, once you go through that, you go through the mentoring manual with mm. a mentor, the manual, the Florida approved <laughs> manual. Can I say that again? Go through the Florida approved manual with a mentor. It's laid out really well. Everything you need to know is in there. So well and yeah. so simple. And it, it, it takes the ego, you yeah. know, of people who like to hear themselves talk like me <laughs> out of the equation. Uh, and it, it, it boils it back down to the base. Learn the basics, do the work, go through the mentoring program, then make a decision to get involved in something that is a fit for you. Right. Uh, and then that right. is really the experience, you know, of that's that's kind of the the evolution, if you will, of, of a, a healthy way to get involved in masonry as an EA, don't you think? I think the John Schaefer approach is the correct one. Correct, yeah. You don't Shout out John. Just to say yes to everything. Uh, you will you will burn out um, if you just say yes to everything, and you might you might wind up doing things that you're not good at, and you might get frustrated by that. So it is good to wait for the right fit. Um, we should do a better job of identifying, you know, people's skills when they come into the fraternity, which necessitates and, that we w- get them to slow down, wait, yeah. and think it through, while we can help them evaluate where they would be. Yeah, and you're right. Some questions, you know, questionnaire. What do you do for a living? What right. are you passionate about? What do you absolutely freaking hate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all really good information. To have. Right? Yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah, and then you you know uh, you know as as somebody who's months away from potentially being the worshipful master of the lodge, dun, dun, dun. it's all about your people and making sure you have the right people in the right places to make the whole go a hell of a lot smoother and to make us all proud in what we're doing together. Uh, because if you have the wrong people doing certain things, it's kind of like a cancer. It starts to spread everybody, the negativity, and it can go downhill pretty quickly. So I think in a, from a leadership perspective, knowing your people and their strengths and their weaknesses is where you got to start. Well, I think that that's another podcast, but uh, the, the absolute importance of, of leadership uh, within, uh, you know, the executive branch or whatever, <laughs> is absolutely crucial. We'll call the elected officers the, the executive elect- branch. The executive sure. branch, sure, the elected officers. Uh, that leadership, uh, solid, 
direction focused leadership is is the difference between a lodge that is going somewhere and a lodge that is staying where it's at because uh you know a lack of leadership um always creates a void of confusion yeah and from that void of confusion comes striving and positioning jockeying and all of the bad blood uh, that boils up because there's no leadership. A guy at the top. Masonry was based on a guy at the top. There's a guy on the top, mm. people. For one no year. Reason. For one year. For one year, there's and, a guy at the and, top. And a good guy on the top is not only going to set his his men up for success, he's going to set up the next year guy for success. Right. He's going right. to help formulate this five-year program. You yeah. know, if every worshipful... I don't know how we got off on this tangent. If every worshipful master good one. would put forward a five-year program, all he's really putting together is a one-year program on the front side. Because every right. year he comes in, he's just adding to that next year. And then that way you have a cohesive movement of leadership that runs forward. That is in a perfect world. I don't, I don't see that. And that's another pod, podcast for another day. That is today, a good one. We should add that to the we list. We definitely want to add that to the list. But today we're talking about uh, ways that new masons yeah. can get involved. Yeah. So let's uh let's talk about Well, there's an obvious way. The yeah. most prominent way that most people do is they get in the line, they right? Get in the line, yeah. You can appoint me to somewhere and I'll get in the line. I'm bowing my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> As you intend to do that, you're going to get in the line? I I am not currently in the line nor do I currently have plans to be in the line, uh, but well, as soon as I What's I that believe... saying uh, men plan and God laughs? Yeah, so Plan all you want. <laughs> man, man directs his steps, but it is God who directs the heart. That's, mm. I think that's the proverb, Solomon's proverb there. Somewhere in Proverbs. Anyway, mm. uh, that's a whole different book. Uh, yeah, getting in the line. I mean, absolutely, that is a way. But again, let's talk about the progression, right? So Kathy okay. is a mentoring, doing the work. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason why. There's a reason why. Ooh, that was involved. much better when you I did that locked in there. Yeah. I did that for effect. I'm a professional. Turned into Barry White. Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry White. Yeah, yeah. Back to the 70s. No, back to the future. Um, the, the getting the catechism. I'm a landmine of rabbit holes. I, I hope it. you realize that. You're constantly trying to sidestep them. Like, what are we talking about here? No, no. You love it. I love it. Our fans are wondering where the hell they are, but that's okay. <laughs> That's all right. We're back on track. Here's what I'm saying. Do the work. Uh, catechism mentoring. You know, there's a reason why we call it working tools. The working tools of masonry. Do the work. Yep. All right. I'm, I'm recapping here. Do the work. Uh, learn the rituals. Understand and learn the rituals. Go to other lodges and uh, and participate. Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one, man. Just I, I learned so much going down to Venice Lodge here in, here in Venice, Florida, mm -hmm. uh, and watching an EA degree as an yeah. EA. And it just absolutely 10x'd my proficiency along the way. And everybody who's a Mason knows this. And yeah. uh, it's really important to get the EAs there because they don't know where to, they don't know where to find them. They don't know. I did not know that there was an EA. I did not know that there was a, a, a district calendar yeah. online. I found the district calendar. On there was all the EAs. I, I started going to them. They need help knowing where those are because you got to get EAs to other lodges to see the ritual. You got to get the fellow crafts there. Master Masons. We have to go. We have to see them. We have to experience that. That's all part of ways of getting involved, right? I think even once you're a newly made Master Mason, you definitely need to get to other lodges. Absolutely. You're going to learn what they're doing that maybe your lodge isn't and you could bring back and implement if you saw something awesome. Or maybe you can see something that worked horribly 
And uh, the next time it comes up, you're there to say, hey, brothers, I saw this and it didn't go so well when I was visiting whatever lodge. Plus, visit a lodge and see if they don't ask you to help. Yeah, no, that's right. going to happen. That's right. You visit a lodge outside yours and they're going to ask you to help. So you're going to get involved just by visiting, guaranteed. Uh, And you're opening up, you know, these are people that as you, if you do get in the line, you will progress through the years and the chairs together. And now you've got like a mastermind group that you can bounce things off of and work through or help each other with interpersonal issues you may be having, right? As you go through the line. But I think uh, getting in the line is the biggest one uh, because once you're in the line, it's all, you're going to have plenty of work for it's a seven-year progressive line, so. So seven-year progressive line, uh, to me, that sounds like there's seven different chairs right. that you're going to go through. What's chair number one? The junior steward okay. and the senior steward work together with the junior warden in preparing meals and taking care of the craft outside the lodge room. All right, let me go, let me go basics, bottom, bottom basics. Okay, so uh, junior and senior steward sit left and right to the senior deacon. To the junior in, warden. In the south. Yeah, the junior warden sits in the middle there. Oh, junior warden's in the south. Sorry, my Yeah, bad. yeah. Yep, sorry. That was my fault. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally choked on that one. Anyway, so, right. So, uh, junior warden uh, in the south. Yeah. To, to his right, senior. Uh, yes. Se- senior steward. Right. To his left, junior steward. Right. All right. In the west. In the west, you've senior got. Senior warden. Correct. To his right. Junior deacon. Junior deacon. To his left, marshal. Right. In most lodges, that's true. In the east, Mm. worshipful master. To his left, chaplain. Mm -hmm. To his right, senior deacon. Senior deacon. And somewhere up there, you got a treasurer and secretary. In our lodge, they're to the left and then the far left. Uh, And then our organist organist is to the right. So that's kind of the the layout. All the lodges are a little different or no? Are they all about the same? Uh, Technically, the treasurer and secretary are supposed to sit on opposite sides of the master. Oh, but in okay. some lodges, it's not feasible, like ours. We yeah. have an organ and no room, so they all right. they both sit at the same table together. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Now, so, just for those of you who know, we're not giving away any secrets here. No. Come do a tour of our lodge. The person giving the tour will explain all of the, the way the seating are and what those positions hold. But um, So in the line, junior, uh, junior steward. Yeah, that's where you start. And then senior steward. And then you'll progress to the junior deacon and then the senior deacon. Those are all appointed positions, so the worshipful master every year appoints those chairs with people, and then you've got elected chairs, which is the junior warden, the senior warden, the worshipful master, the secretary, and the treasurer, mm-hmm. and those are elected by the craft, right. by, a, by a majority of the craft every year. Right. They change every year. So you get in one chair, uh, your job is to do the work of that chair and start to learn the work of the chair in front of you so that next year you can hit the ground running. Uh, do the work of that chair and start learning the chair in front of you. So you're talking about a never-ending process. Uh, well, it's ending at some point, six, seven years, if you do it properly. Uh, but at the end of that journey, you'll know a hell of a lot about the inner workings of a Blue Lodge in Freemasonry. You'll know a hell of a lot about the digest of Masonic law in the state of Florida. There's nothing that's going to beat that practical application of this stuff that you get working through the chairs. Plus all the challenges and working with people and trying to convince hundreds of members that what you're doing is the right thing for the lodge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
going to get the political side <laughs> as well as the work part and the ritual, you know, that's all rolled up through working through the chairs in Freemasonry. So that's the single biggest way you can get involved as a new Mason is to let somebody know you're open to it. Yeah. Just just that you would take it if it was offered to you. And, and it, here's the thing that I was thinking about while you, while you were saying that. I was thinking about, you know, I went to uh, Venice Lodge. Uh, the first visit I did uh, was uh, as a master mason was down at the Venice Lodge. And uh, they, the master, the worshipful master opened up uh, a lodge of master masons. And the man knew everything by heart <laughs> with such authority. With such ease, it was it was it was more like watching a man on uh, a professional actor in a theater, mm-hmm. just absolutely just killing it, and it was wonderful to watch. And and what we're saying here is that that man started uh, yeah. as a junior steward, and and the beauty of this system is this: if you start there, every time you do your part, you're hearing every other part. Right. So then you move up to senior steward. You're again hearing. You're you're doing your part, and you're hearing every single part. Move up again, up again, up again. Every time you go through that line, seven years later, you better be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you as, will be as the guy who's who's been there hearing and doing this stuff for that long. You uh you got it down, man. And I just I just found I just found myself desiring. So much to to be able to do what that man was doing, and even even you, Chris, when I see you as as senior mm. steward, um, see, as senior warden, I'd um, be senior steward any yeah, day. Yeah, sorry, There's no going <laughs> back. I'm sorry, damn brother. Uh. To, and to listen to to how you do it, and you have a, a command of it. Now, nobody's perfect. I mean, no, no, nobody's doing any of this perfect. I I, I was being a bit um, over the top there with the the worshipful master and. <laughs> Venice. At Venice Lodge. I'm sure he's, he's good. He's good. Very good, though. But again, you you do the same thing. You have a, a command of it. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Right Worshipful Heart out there. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, he just has such a command. Yeah. Of it. Now he's been doing it for 20. I forgive me, brother. It could be 30. Yeah. Uh, years and um, and and again, the only point I'm trying to make is that getting, you know, getting involved in the line um, has a facet of Masonic education to it. That you just can't, that mm. that you just you, you just can't get away from you 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 live it. Yeah, you're part of it, man. And I, yeah. I just find that part exciting. So, at, I've already done senior steward twice. I sat in in EA degrees, correct? In EA, right? Ah, in yes. EA degrees, and in a meeting, didn't you? And in a meeting, yeah, correct. So I'll probably start there. If I do start, is where I'll start. Uh, and once I'm the kind of guy, I'm like you, Chris. Once I'm in, I'm in. I'm yeah, going the whole way. I'm I want 110% to be out on the table every right. every time. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, it's a finite amount of your life that you're dedicating to this. And when I look back, I want to be like, I did the best I could have done at right. that time of my life and that place I was at. I want to leave it all on the table. And in the process of that, you're doing a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you won't have you won't be wanting for ways to get involved once you're an officer in a lodge, uh, which is why I say it's a big one for new masons that want to get involved. But there's a lot of other things they can do if they're not ready for that kind of commitment in their life yet. Uh, you could like we you talked about committee work. Yeah, that's no, a great way to get involved. I, I enjoy it. I'm the chairman of the uh, maintenance uh, facility and maintenance um, 
and we we set up a couple things. We made we made some changes and did some things, you know, um, ran it through the craft and got got it approved, and uh, and really enjoyed it. You know, we had a, a, a cleanup day. We worked in yeah. the backyard a little bit and got some. Guys Looks out beautiful. And, yeah, and we're doing it again next month. And so yeah, it. it but you set the pace in the committees, right? Correct. Like it's a little slower paced. You can take your time generally a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and and you can kind of set your own goals and and achieve them as you see fit. So right. it's maybe a, a little bit lower, slower paced for someone that's not ready for the diving off the deep end into the officer's line of Freemasonry. Yeah, well, it's it's like the difference between playing guitar at home by yourself and playing in a band, you know, because the band doesn't yeah. stop for you. <laughs> yeah, don't stop. The song keeps going, whether you're, you know, doing it right or not. You know? Yeah, so that's kind of the difference, right? Plus, you're chairing a committee. You could just be on a committee and have even less stress and yeah, less. That's right. Just help out when, when you're available to help out in that committee. Uh, so you've got charity work is another way that you can get involved. I know right. that Freemasonry is not a charity necessarily, uh, but it is one of the principal tenets of our profession. Uh, one of the seven virtues of a mason is charity. So it's uh, and that does doesn't mean just giving money to something, right? Uh, the way we like to do charity in Freemasonry is by investing our time into something or someone, and the process of giving the most valuable thing to the human race to another, which is your time, is true charity, and it extends past us. Yeah, that's right. Into eternity. That's right. And that, that you know, the, that word charity, um, the it's from the original Greek, which is phileo, which is where you get... Phileo. Phileo. Stop that. Phileo. Oh, okay. Very similar. It, 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 well, Philadelphia, the city of what? The city of brotherly, brotherly love. love. Yeah. That's what that word is. That's a brotherly affection or love. So when we say charity... As one of the one of the important tenets of Freemasonry, it is it is love for fellow man. Uh, it is the, the giving of oneself for the benefit of another. That's that phileo love that we that we as Masons uh, strive for. Do we hit it every time? No, not 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 always, but we well, certainly strive for it. As long as you keep trying, that's what matters, right? Yeah, that's right. And eventually, if if we get involved, right, uh, and and plug into the mission. Uh, of what masonry is attempting to do first and foremost to better me mm. that i might better a brother and together as brothers we might better our community yeah who'd have thought right wow what a concept uh that's that's really the that, that's the hallmark and it really ties in greatly to what we're talking about uh today you know ways that you can get involved you know here's here's some, a way that has really impacted me about getting involved and that is that I sh I'm able because of my work. I'm able to show our 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 stated meetings um, at, at the mighty 147 service of Florida <laughs> uh, is is on the the second and fourth Tuesdays of every month. Well, I made a commitment to all my wife up front. She was good with it that I'd be there at 5:30 every Tuesday mm. for the entire year, uh, and that has made a huge difference for me. I'm always there. I get there early. Uh, and I kind of just hang out. You know, Randy's usually there. He's our treasurer. Secretary. And, uh, secretary. Sorry. Sorry, Randy. Sorry, Randy. And, uh, yeah. He doesn't want to be. Stay secretary. Yeah, stay secretary. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but uh, it, it just, it just going there 
and going inside, sitting down in the fellowship hall, uh, going and sitting alone uh, inside the lodge, uh, which I feel is a, a real privilege to be able to do, and just reading, you know, my red book or going through something or reading the blue book. And uh, it's if you're not able to do that, I understand. But if you are able to come down mm. and find some time to just be in the lodge whenever possible, it is worth it as a mason. I don't know why. It just kind of ties you to the building. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you why. You're sitting in a building. You're sitting in a room. And all around you are the symbols of masonry. Right, yeah. And they're talking to you the whole time. Yeah, it's so true. So They're true. talking to me the whole time. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, any moment I have, I'm kind of, glancing up, usually looking around and thinking about them while I'm there. Plus the ritual itself is talking to you. Just the ritual ceremonial opening and the closing, you know? There are things in there that put me in the right frame of mind to be in a meeting. Yeah. And at the end, that put me back into a frame of mind to go out into the world. So it's like preparing you to be there and to take, you know, some of what you got out of it back into the world with you. Just from the symbols and the ritual. And I think there's also something, you know, once you've done this for a while, you've been in like a uh, hundred degrees or stated meetings, uh, there's something meditative about sitting there and everything's happening exactly the way that you know it's gonna happen. Right, there's something right. safe and comfortable. It brings peace. Uh, I can have the craziest day at work uh, and, and maybe even outside of work and, you know, I'm in the lodge and I'm frazzled. But once that ceremony starts and I'm sitting there and those symbols are talking to me, everything kind of comes back into a sense of balance Yeah, in a no, way. And that familiarity uh, of the ritual uh, is, and even from a neurological standpoint, your our brains are wired in such a way where going and hearing it again and it being done in the same way and, and the, the symbols that it represents and the, the way, the pathways in your mind that it has created as far as good works go and good thinking, right thinking, right behaving, um, that reinforcement through, through a different gate, through the visual, you know, through, through the eye, through the ear, through the, all of it, um, we're wired that way, you know, and, and, mm. you know, the ritualistic, um, practices go way back, you know, in religious history. I mean, you know, if you look at Roman Catholics, for instance, I mean, the rituals there are just endless. Yeah, you know, and and it was built on that from the first, from the very beginning. You know, they they began to do these the ritual, the sacraments, the all of it. These are these these are these ritualistic things that are designed to every week remind right. you of who you are and what you're supposed to do. Right, and and that's what I love about about you know the are we on a tangent? Yeah, we're on a tangent. Mm. Uh, good one, though. Good yeah. One. But, um, yeah. But They're uh, used to it. They're five episodes yeah, in right. now. We're this is episodes. normal. That's right. Yeah, we're still on episode one. Actually, <laughs> this has been nothing but a gigantic <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. No, but uh, let's uh, let's break back off and let's just talk about ways yes. new Mason. Ways new Masons can get involved. That is the title of our show. Today. It is. We have talked about some good ways they can get involved. Uh the last thing I think that, um, you know, outside of work is visiting the sick brothers, you know, offering transportation for brothers that, you know, can't drive themselves is a great way for new Masons to get involved because every lodge has that. Every lodge has that situation. And oftentimes, you know, the lodge is run by a handful of people 
and those people are busy all the time and they don't have the time to do the things that we should do, like care for our sick and infirm brothers that can't make it. So it'd be it'd be great if you're a new Mason and you're not in the line and you're not on a committee and you just don't know how to get involved. Just go tell somebody, hey, is there a list somewhere where I can get a call some brothers who might need a ride or maybe they're sick and they haven't been able to get out of the house and I can I can get the brothers to sign a card and I'll drop it off for them. I think that's a great way for a new Mason to get involved in the lodge. Yeah, I I that that just you know, and when you when you wrote it up there, um, I realized, you know, I used to uh, I'm an ordained chaplain and I used to do hospital visits. Mm-hmm. And uh gosh, nothing there was very few things were more rewarding uh than going to to visit somebody who I mean their own family doesn't visit them. And I'm not yeah. talking about masonry, but I, I'm saying you go in there and you're the you are a person that came that day to talk to them for X amount of time. Um, and it really doesn't matter, you know, what, what you talk about. The fact right. that you're there to listen to them and to talk with them. How much more rewarding would it be for me, a, a, a master mason, newly raised master mason, one year in, to go visit, you know, a mason who's been one for 45 years. Right. You know, who can't get out, but he's still able to talk about it. And I, I'm telling you right now, brother, if you're out there 45 years at home and I come to visit you, we're going to talk. <laughs> bring bring a lunch, man, because I got a few questions, a few hundred questions. Oh, God, they have some stories to tell, oh, I'm I sure. Can only imagine. And it can only, it can only just enrich your entire Masonic experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, when I was a new Master Mason, I was in this situation. There was a brief time where I was a Master Mason and wasn't installed. I think it was from October to January. Had a couple months in there, and I got that idea in my head. This is what I'm going to do. So I went to our worshipful master and said, "I'd like to know who the oldest member of our lodge is." And they gave me his name. Turns out that one of the officers was a good friend of that guy, so he put me in direct contact with him. And I scheduled time, and I went to his house. He was 98 at the wow, time. No he had been um, in the war. Obviously, he flew. You know, before there was an Air Force, he was in the Air Force. Right, uh, he, Air Corps. Yeah, the Air Corps. He uh, he flew the first uh, helicopter in the military wow. with Truman in it. Oh, no kidding. Who was a Mason, and he was a Mason at the oh, time. Oh, man. Right? And just this guy talked to me for hours, and he said, afterwards, you know, I never talk about this stuff. He gets asked for awards and presentations, and he refuses to do them. Because he told me he spent most of his life trying to forget this stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. But he said, you're a brother, and you asked. So he went through that painful process uh, for me. And I got it all on tape, and I did a little blog about it, you know, about his life. And what a rewarding experience. And a, what a way for someone who's 98 to feel relevant again. Uh, cause Not it's, to feel relevant, to be He is relevant, relevant. yeah. Like his journey, the things he went through and the achievements he got in masonry as well as in life. Uh, you know, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see brothers reaching out to brothers and picking their brains and making it more public information for the rest of us so that we can learn from their mistakes (laughs) and, uh, be inspired by their achievements and their their victories. That's right. And I just think you just inspired me. To, I'm just I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna find out, you know, if there are any uh, master ma- or any masons out there retired, you know, who who can't make lodge but want to, 
and uh, I'm going to try to reach out to one or two. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm always thinking, Chris, about uh, topics for future podcasts. And I think maybe uh, one should be we should probably highlight some men like that, you know, and uh, yeah, we won't be able to interview them. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But certainly do a, a bio and talk about the, yeah. the rich history. That man right there is a hero. I mean, a, a, a war hero. Uh, uh, and oh, yeah. On top of that, he came home and probably raised a family. He did. Yeah, and 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 was you know was involved in masonry. So he's involved in the lives of you know hundreds of men. And at ninety something years old, man, he gives you the testimony about his life, man, and imparts it to you. And then you go on to bring it, you know, to another generation. We should definitely try to yeah work that into a podcast. I know, I know that would be a real winner. Yeah. Definitely putting that one on the list. And, and that was my last topic that I could give you on ways for new Masons to get involved. All right. Well, if there's a, if there's anybody out there who has uh, an idea or uh, um, ways for new Masons to get more involved or... Maybe they or, have a better system in their lodge of identifying better. people and the strengths. That, that I like. Yeah, that... There are tests you can do for people. You don't want to put people through too many, you know, written tests. Even a little, uh, a questionnaire. little questionnaire, exactly, yeah, a little what, survey. What yeah. do you want to do? What do you not want to do? Kind of ideas. But we're always, we're always uh, willing to read emails and comments. Uh, negative, positive, doesn't matter. We can take it. Uh, we're Masons. <laughs> we can take criticism. Yeah, uh, give it to us. Yeah, we're used to it. So yeah, send send us your cards and letters, and uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, to to respond to any of them. Uh, well, Chris, you know, podcast number five, mm. um, I'm pretty excited about it. Me uh, too. So uh, Me we'll too. go on to six, we'll go on to seven. I didn't know what to expect from this process, but I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I, I am too. I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy your knowledge uh, of the craft, and uh, I, I feel like I'm talking to a man who's been in it for 20 years sometimes. I, it, I just Because and, I know that you, yeah. you have taken the time uh, in your own life to learn what masonry really is. And, uh, and I just want to follow right behind you and also learn what masonry is and then share it to this next generation of masons. And that's you guys, yeah. whoever, whoever's listening in here. Get, if, if you've been in masonry a long time, you've got something to share. Get, find the EAs, find those fellow crafts and get next to them and uh, earn the right to, to speak into their lives uh, and, and uphold our craft. And, uh, and and pass it on to the next generation. I got to just tell you real quick before we sign off. There's, I'm thinking of this one young man. He's an EA. He came into our lodge, and he's a mess. Uh, he was really really needed something in his life, a place to go. And you don't mean that in a negative way, because no. I know he would describe himself that way. That's exactly how he described himself to me. And and he's he was looking for a place because he didn't know who he was. He didn't know what direction to go to. He ended up in a place where men are helping other men to learn who they are uh, and what they're all about. And that place is called Freemasonry. What a great time for him. Think about it. He's coming in on the wave of the Magnificent Seven who are just hitting their stride. That's right. And they scoop this guy up and say, I know what you're going through. I just went through it too. And, you know, you bring him along into, you know, a, a family now of, you know, there's just seven in your group, but. Think of all the other guys he's talking to on the regular basis. He's got dozens of guys now. That yeah, that's right. And this this growth this this growth nationally. I'm I'm hearing, and I'd like to hear more about that. I'm hearing that masonry is on an upswing. That men are turning to uh, masonry because they're looking for something where men teach men. They're looking for mentorship. 
um, where there are other men. And it, it is, I think this is America's last fraternity, man, unless you're in college. I don't know if those fraternities are any fun anymore. That's got <laughs> crap going on over there. But this fraternity, I think, is endeavoring to go back to its roots. Yeah. And, I think and, that's how we continue that upswing you're talking about because yeah. the the people are there and we're here and we need each other and we fit together. The question is going to be, do we meet, do we rise to their expectations or not? They'll stick around if we do and they will not if we don't. Uh, so true. So it's up to us, every single one of us that are Masons in lodges in Florida, particularly or outside of Florida, to rise to the level you know, you said we got to go back to basics. I'm a firm believer in that too. If we just do the basics, do the work, just just offer the mentoring and the education and the catechism and have philosophy discussions and some charity work, right? Just do the basics. They will stay. Yeah, let and we will grow this fraternity again. That's it. Let masonry be masonry. Because uh, if it was good enough for General George Washington, Mm. Um, I'm, thinking, uh, I'm thinking his version of masonry is where we want to get back to. But Okay, so well, that is uh, number five. I am, uh, again, Chris and I want to thank you guys for listening to the end. Yes. Uh, it means a lot to us. Let us know you're out there. Uh, whatever platform you're on, it, it doesn't matter to us. Just uh, send us a note. Uh, give us a thumbs up, whatever, whatever you, you can do, because uh, we, we're just really thankful. And um, all right, we'll end this podcast now, and we will see you on uh, number six. Thank you. Bye-bye.